Good morning, Gold Avenue Church family and friends. This is Pastor Gina, and it's good to be back with you this morning. Um, I wanted to say a just a brief word about the Advent series that is starting next week. Um, how did this idea come about for this series? Well, if you can believe it, um, back in August, one of our pastors was reading in Luke and um, reading along about this old barren woman that um, was going to have a child. And in Luke 1.37, um, we're used to reading the words, for nothing will be impossible with God. But um, the newest NIV translation, it translated it a little differently. For no word from God will ever fail. And those words just stuck with us and captured our imagination. And as we thought about words and messages that the Lord would have for us in this um, upcoming Advent season, as we anticipate Christ coming, we um, just felt like the Lord would have some some, um, really specific words of encouragement to us this year. Through this, and I'll say a little bit more later in the sermon about it, but let me open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is alive and active. You tell us that it will bring um, forth the fruit and the purpose for which you have sent it. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would do that this morning, that as we listen to your word, as it's read, as it's preached, I pray that you would be active and working in each of us to accomplish your good purposes for life, for encouragement, for hope, for the world. And so we pray this with joy and anticipation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, the scriptures for today's passage, you can turn in your um, Bibles to Isaiah 55, which I'm going to read a little later in the sermon. Um, But again, the primary passage for today um, is is the the root of it is coming from that Luke 137 passage for no word from God will ever fail and the amplified classic version translates it this way for with God nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment and so that really captures um both the older version of the NIV and the new um NIV about the the word of God not failing, not being impossible. And don't we know that um, honest, reliable words mean so much to us? And as I think and thought about honest and reliable words, um, if you've ever had difficulty with service people and warranties, you know that it can be really challenging if people um, and businesses don't keep their word, and what a blessing it is when they do. And um, recently, well, it wasn't recently, for a couple of years, our oven and stove have been going out. And we noticed it when we were having regular um, meals for a group from church, and our oven just seemed like it was taking longer and longer to bake. And um, it finally, uh, one of the burners on the top, like, I couldn't light the front one unless I turned on the back one and then got a lighter out and lit the front one. And... It was ridiculous, but you know how you do. You try to make it work. Things are broken, but you're just trying to get along until one day when I was trying to bake a pan of brownies and trying to preheat the oven, and 45 minutes later, the temperature's up to 270, and you kind of say, enough is enough. And so um reached out to 
an appliance um, shop that we had had really just a, a good relationship with in the past, and um, they're right here on the west side, Noara Brothers. And so we reached out to them about a new oven stove, and they said, well, they are on back order. And so they were honest with us. They told us it's going to be a long time, probably in coming. And then um, they kept us posted. They let us know what the status of it was and about how much longer it was going to be. And, okay, now it's time to schedule the delivery. And then you know how it is when they said some companies will say, okay, we'll be there sometime today or we'll be there sometime in the afternoon. Well, they said, all right, um, between 3 and 5, and they were here just a little bit before 3. Um, honest, reliable words are such a blessing. And when um, words aren't so dependable, when they feel like they're empty words, um, it can just be so discouraging. And um, and so just that contrast of, of the dependability and the, the joy when you um, know what's coming and um, how, how wonderful that is. And so um, as we think about this recent sermon series that we've just finished up on Our Certain Hope, Jesus was telling his followers about the times before his second coming. And so we took a long look at Matthew 24 and 25, and we spent eight weeks um, thinking about this challenge. Is Jesus' return my greatest longing? And Jesus let them know that um, they could tell by the times and the signs of the times um, that his return was nearing that um, there would be an increase in wickedness, there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, floods, there'd be increased hatred, lawlessness, and great deception. And these are the beginning of birth pains, and we've looked around and thought, hmm, it seems like the time could be near. Though the time that we're waiting, he warned us that while we're waiting, that the love of many would grow cold, and we were urged to be watchful and in prayer, full of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the sermon about the oil and the lamps and also actively using our gifts, not burying our treasure, but um, wanting to bring joy to um, our master when he returns by having an increase to show him. And he said there's going to be 20 events. There's going to be an increase in wickedness and a great move of the Holy Spirit ushering in revival. And his return is approaching. And when he comes, He's coming to judge the living and the dead according to how we've, if we've had faith in him, and then what if, what have we done with our faith in him? Uh, because there's rewards. And Jesus is coming and he's going to make everything new. And like a betrothed couple promised in marriage, um, in the Old Testament, Jesus says he's going to return for his bride and together we're going to enter the new house prepared for us. The banquet feast is coming. The new creation and all is going to be set right for those who believe God's word and turn to him in repentance and faith. Jesus is coming. Reliable, true words. Well, <clears throat> what is it like when we have empty or unreliable words? Well, he, Jesus let us know, um, and it was reliable when he said that it's going to be difficult. Um, to persevere during these times. And I'm guessing that you, like me, have found myself wanting dependability and truth this year. Reliability. Someone who knows what's going and will keep their word. The year of 2020. Do I need to say any more? COVID. Um, whose word can I trust? 
Which precautions are really helpful? Do I need to wash all my groceries and wipe down every box that comes into this house? Um, what about masks? What about gloves? Um, what about the national task force? Is it reliable? We've gotten mixed messages all the way through, and there's it's understandable with a pandemic that this they're just trying to understand it. But when people speak authoritatively, you want to trust it. And then when that changes, ah, oh, it's hard. What about the recent election? Um, I don't want to bring up a sore point, but I want to say that candidates, um, any candidates of any platform can make promises, but will they do and will they stand for what they campaigned on? And then what about the elections and the um, polls? Was that reliable? Was that trustworthy? Some say it is. Some say it isn't. Um, no matter what and who you voted for, we all want honest, dependable results. Maybe it's more personal than these illustrations when we think about the hurt of empty words. Maybe it isn't in, with intentional deceit, but um, with no power to control circumstances. Maybe your job told you that your um, position was secure, and then you got laid off or let go. Or maybe your um, principal and superintendent said, all right, you're going to be teaching in the classroom. Oh, wait, you're going to be teaching on the computer. Oh, wait, you're going to be doing both. Um, maybe your school said it's meeting in person and you're a student and you were really looking forward to meeting with your friends and then, oh, somebody got exposed or we have to all quarantine for a while. Um, all the change can leave us really disoriented. We all want to gather for whatever it is, church, Thanksgiving, is it possible? Can we count on these things? Can't we count on these things? So, so difficult and disorienting. Maybe there's been growing brokenness and dishonesty in relationships. Maybe what you, when your kids give you their word, maybe it's really not dependable. Maybe they're sneaking around doing things that are really breaking your heart and have you so concerned. Or maybe it's a friend who says there's nothing wrong, but you just know there's something going on. Or maybe somebody told you, I forgive you, but they keep bringing it up and holding it over your head. Or maybe a commitment isn't kept. Maybe your faith, your spouse wasn't faithful. Or maybe it was you. Or maybe you've bought into the lie that things or status or experiences would bring you happiness or comfort, or security, and then you're realizing the truth. It was empty. It didn't satisfy. It just keeps you chasing after something that you can't seem to find. You feel like, who can you trust? What is sure? Is there anything stable or trustworthy these days? Where do we turn when we're tired, disoriented, and empty? Friends, I want to tell you, God's word never fails. And a similar promise from Luke is also found back in the book of Isaiah. And so now we're going to look at that, verses 10 and 11. He says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, 
but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Friends, God's word is dependable. Like the rain and the snow, (laughs) how sure are we that we're going to get them? Um, Yes, snow and rain come in Michigan. We know that. God's word comes with purpose. The rain, he says, comes down to bring flourishing. It comes down to grow seed and to cause that seed to grow up and bring the food and the essentials that are needed for life. God's word comes to cause us to flourish and to give us everything that we need for life. God's word accomplishes. It says, um, it will accomplish what I desire. That Hebrew word means it will make or do. And we see that same word, asa, at the beginning of the Bible back in Genesis. And so we look back in Genesis and we read in Genesis 1 how God's word, he spoke his words and he made things. He accomplished things. He did things by his word. He speaks and the sky and the land. He speaks and the stars and the sun and the moon. He speaks and the vegetation starts to grow. He speaks and there's creatures that are crawling on the ground. And there's creatures that are swimming in the waters. And there's creatures that are flying in the sky. And he speaks and humanity is created in God's image. And he says, it is very good. God's word speaks. It comes with power. What he says comes to pass. He has the authority to back his word, and he's given his his word that Jesus is coming again, and it's based on the truth that his word created everything in the beginning, and certainly that happened. And so now he's giving us these promises in Isaiah 55, and I want to read this whole this whole chapter, Isaiah 55, and as I read this church, I want you to listen. I want you to lean in. I want you to pay attention because God is promising us something that is precious and true. He says this to you today. He speaks this to your spirit. He speaks this to your heart. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without any money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen. That you might live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you do not know, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, For he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he might be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways. 
and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and will be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, there'll be a grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Isaiah 55 We hear the promise of God's supply for our most needy times. He offers us life. When we're thirsty, he provides water, living water. Jesus said, come to me and you'll thirst no more. He speaks about our spiritual thirst and he provides and only he can provide what's needed for eternal life. He calls us to realize the things that have deceived us that we've been pursuing and running after. I just needed to get the right job. I thought that just get it, devoting the right party into office, that was going to be the ticket. What was going to bring success? What was going to bring happiness? What was going to bring joy? What was going to bring peace and stability to my life? What have we been chasing after church? When he says, come to me. If we've been sinning, if we've been having idols in our lives, he doesn't treat us like other people. His ways aren't the same as others. He he forgives. He just says, turn, turn, repent, and come to me. And the one who listens and comes to him is, receives a new life and receives a new king, the one that is our good king and that he will rule forever. Nations will pass away. Rulers will come and go in this earth. We have a king that will never change. And his good platform stands forever and his word is eternal. He offers us peace and joy. If you notice at the beginning of Isaiah 55, you're coming in dehydrated, disoriented, and you meet with the Lord and he provides and he comforts and he brings peace and joy and you go out with peace and joy in such a way that the whole creation starts to rejoice with you that there is a God who can change things and who can bring stability and who can give peace no matter what's going on and who's offering the promise that someday there's a Jesus, the Messiah, who's going to come and meet every need and restore everything. He offers us such hope and his word is true. And thirst is the preparation for receiving grace. The prophet Isaiah spoke about this coming Messiah, 
700 years before Jesus came and was born. 700 years the Lord knew when he spoke and his word was true. And during that time, it gave the people hope. There was such a great thirst. They had sinned greatly. They were facing going into captivity and punishment. Those were dark and those were hard years waiting for the grace and mercy that was promised in the coming Savior. And every year we remember and we recall those years and we recall those years during the season of Advent, the season of anticipating Jesus first coming to earth. And because every year we realize that this broken world definitely needs a Savior, we recall and we think about during this season of Advent the darkness, the difficulty, our disorientation, and our longing for a Savior. And every week during this Advent season, we're going to be looking at the words that were prophesied about Jesus, the true words. And we're going to hear afresh who Jesus is. And in each of these sermons, we believe that God is going to meet us and encourage us with certain hope of who he is, the word who comes with love and strength and power to heal and to save and to restore. And we look at who Jesus is and our hope for the trying times. And we believe that we're going to be strengthened as we await his final coming. And today he meets you and he meets me with the truth that we can come to him with our thirst and our needs, because God's word never fails. It doesn't fail for you, and it doesn't fail for me. He said in Isaiah, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. In 2020, God's met me and brought me peace. And I want to tell you the story of a day not too long ago where I just kind of got to the end of my capacity for um, unpredictability and uncertainty and feeling like whose words can you believe and what is true anymore. Not in, I wasn't doubting the word of God, but people, people. And so, um, and world situations. And so I was just so distraught and I thought, I've got to go for a walk. And so I know better than to just start opening my mouth and spewing out frustrations to anybody else. I need to talk to the one who can fix things and who can help me. And so I went on a walk with the Lord. And the first mile, I'm just like, Lord, I am out here to meet with you. I need to talk to you. Things are hard, and I don't get it, and I don't know what's going on, and I really want the truth, and I want to know what is right, and I want to know what is your way. And in this situation, I just feel perplexed, and I am coming to you, but I am mad, and I am upset, and I am, and I didn't say thirsty, but you know, it's just like, bah! Do you ever have those moments? Bah! And so the first mile, I'm just there, and the second mile, I start to lament and I just start to pour it all out and then I start to think about who God is in the third mile and probably by about the fourth mile he's met me in such a way that these song lyrics come back to my mind from years and years ago this old hymn that they used to sing at the church where I grew up 
There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. And friends, as I sang and as I worshipped and as I thought about this God who would love us so much that he wouldn't leave us broken in our sin, but would tell us what's going to come every step of the way, he'd coach us through this, and that he would send his own son to die on the cross to save us from our sins. He'd be resurrected. He'd win the victory over death. And that he was ascended and he sent his Holy Spirit. And he's coming again and he's told us, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come near while the time is, I'm, I'm present to you. And so I'm just out there receiving his peace. And I can say, God's word never fails. The gospel did not fail me that day. That was in 2020. In 1903, God met a pastor and his family and his town, and he brought them peace. Cleland McAfee suffered the loss of two infant nieces to diphtheria. He was a campus pastor, a choir director, and his daughter recorded the story of how he said he just sat with grief. The whole family in the town was stricken with grief. And her dad sat for a long time thinking, what could I say and what can we sing on Sunday? And he sat down and he wrote that song, that song that came to my heart and my mind on my walk. He wrote the lyrics to Near to the Heart of God and he taught the choir on Saturday night the new song. And they went and they stood in his brother's yard, the the family that was in quarantine because of diphtheria, the dark house, and they stood in the yard and they sang the truth of the gospel. And they sang of a God who says, come to me when you're thirsty and you're dry and you're disoriented, you don't understand. Come to me. And they sang that same song on Sunday morning at the communion service where they remembered the life, the death, the resurrection, and the promise that Jesus is coming again. Friends, throughout time, the good news of the gospel brings peace in our darkest valleys and hope beyond the grave that is sure and true, for his word will never fail. And his invitation to you and his invitation to me is come. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come, you who are broken. Come. Come that you might live. Amen.